I'm Michael Foster, and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. In today's episode, I continue our short series looking at the underlying spiritual problems of nice guys. A nice guy is a man who thinks that if he is approval-seeking enough, women will desire him, men will respect him, he'll get the things he wants in life. And a major theme we drew out of this was the people-pleasing nature of sacrifice that nice guys engage in and how inverted it is compared to biblical service or biblical sacrifice. Nice guys serve in the hopes of getting something for themselves from others often their wives. Biblical men serve because they are giving of themselves for others. So nice guys have a neediness mentality, and biblical men have an abundance mentality. But something we didn't talk about was a big reason that this abundance mentality is so difficult for many men. Put another way, why is it so hard for men to produce valuable output? Well, it has to do with what psychologists call locus of control. Proverbs is a book that repeatedly shows us that our real life output is a product of our spiritual state. It reminds us that there is an undeniable relationship between our heart and our hands, our attitude and our actions. Anyone that reads a single chapter of Proverbs should walk away concluding that our inner lives and our outer lives are intimately intertwined. And yet, how many times have you heard someone claim that our behavior has nothing to do with our internal state? How many times have you claimed it yourself? We are like the mother of a man who committed some horrific crime. No matter how terrible his acts were, the mother will always insist that deep down, he really was a good boy. That's how we treat ourselves. No matter how disordered our home is, No matter how poor our health is, no matter how messed up our finances are, no matter how friendless we are, it's really not our fault. These things aren't a reflection of our soul. Deep down, we are really a good boy. We meant well, but we were thwarted by circumstances beyond our control. This is classic nice guy mentality. We place the locus of control for our lives on external things, things in the world, things beyond our ability to change. By doing this, we can see ourselves as a victim. Perhaps we wouldn't use that particular word. Again, we don't want to think of ourselves in negative terms. But our starting mindset is that if there is a problem, it's out there somewhere, never inside us. This feeds our neediness and prevents us from taking the first steps towards correcting it. How can you have an abundance mentality when the control over what you have rests outside yourself? How can you take responsibility for the well-being of others when you aren't responsible for the well-being of your own self? How can you give of yourself when remote forces determine what you have in the first place? An external locus of control destroys a man's ability to follow the biblical model of service. This is why the unbiblical servant leadership model is so widely accepted and so fiercely defended. 
While this mindset isn't new by any means, it used to be comparatively rare. Men have dominion built into their DNA, which means they have self-responsibility and self-determination built into their DNA. It is natural for us, in varying degrees, to tend toward an internal locus of control. A strong external locus of control is a naturally feminine mindset. Woman was made for man, not man for woman. That's exactly what 1 Corinthians 11 says. It therefore takes consistent training to condition most boys to have a strong and consistent external locus of control. Yet that is what we are now doing as a culture and have been for some time. This mindset is a predominant feature of the modern West. How so? Largely thank to public schooling. The consistent and relentless enforcing of feminine modes of thought, often by women, and behavior for six to eight hours a day, five days a week, for 13 of the most formative years of a boy's life, then reinforced by feminine social conventions in the rest of public and most private life throughout adulthood. Thus, we are all victims. No one is ultimately responsible for the output of their lives. Well, Proverbs smashes that mindset into a million tiny pieces. It absolutely destroys it. The state of your life is a clear indicator of the state of your soul. And yet, by and large, you are responsible for your current reality. You are the central cause of your problems. There are certainly other factors, but you are usually the main one. This should be our default way of analyzing our life. It should be our go-to when interpreting our problems. Other people shouldn't need to work at convincing us that maybe we are just an itty-bitty part of the problem. Quite the opposite. They should need to work at convincing us that the other factors are more influential than we tend to assume, and they should only succeed if they are right. This should be our default frame. It's hard truth for modern men to embrace. We have become blame shifters. Pity seekers and excuse makers. Yes, there are things outside of our control. Yes, there are ways in which we are truly victims. But personal responsibility is the clear teaching of Proverbs and of the rest of Scripture. The only way to escape neediness, to escape being a nice guy, to develop biblical manliness, is to start assuming that our problems begin with us and that by God's grace they can be solved by us. So how do you take responsibility for your problems and start solving them? How do you take responsibility for yourself? That's really the topic of an entire book, but we want to give you a simple three-category paradigm for getting unstuck and taking responsibility for yourself. So there are three categories which things fall in. There are things which have already been decided. There are things which you have control over. And there are things which you have no control over, but God does. So here's how you apply it. The first step is to simply ask yourself, to which category do these issues belong? Do these problems belong? So if it falls in the first category, things which have already been decided, these are issues that can't be changed. Your birth, family, national origin, height, past decisions, sins that have been committed against you, injuries, mistakes, whatever, the things in the past. These are things uh, that maybe were decided uh, by you, past actions, or by God, just through providence. 
Then there are things which you have control over. These are things within your immediate control, right? That you have, uh, that you can take action on. So aspects of your health, diet, exercise, going to a doctor to have your blood tested to see if there's any problems, aspects of your finances in terms of like effort and budgeting and skill, um, attitude, right? Friendships, theological knowledge, presentability when it comes to your physical presentation with clothing or even how you stand, and eye contact. Those issues are controllable. Now, the last category deals with things outside of your immediate control, but not yet decided in a historical sense. So aspects of the market, availability of a suitable spouse, weather, Right, All these things fall in this category. You can't directly act on these things, but God can. So where does the issue or concern fall? Which category? If it falls in category one, you should ignore it. Even prayer can't change the past unless it has some relevance to present or future issues. Just let it go. Right or or deal with it. If someone's sinned against you, go and it's still abiding. In that sense, it's not in the past anymore. It's still a present tension. But if you can't change it, move on and don't give much thought to it. If it belongs to the uh, second category, if it's something within your control, control the controllables. You should take direct action and do so immediately. If it's in the third category, something that you don't have control over, but God, uh, through providence, through hearing your prayers, uh, could change it. Uh, Then you take indirect action through prayer. God may act on your behalf. Now, I know it's a little reductionistic. The point of an exercise like this one is to, to direct your activity, whether it's mental or physical, towards a productive end. Men take responsibility for the things that are within their control. That's what we do. That's what it means to be a man. And that is antithetical to nice guys. Nice guys blame everyone else. They blame circumstances. Everything's outside of them. But don't be a nice guy. Take responsibility for yourself. Get free. Until next time, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Thank you.